0: Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker.
1: What's going to happen when we move, as some companies are talking about, to all electric cars? Is this going to be good for the environment? What is the impact going to be? What is it going to cost us in terms of having to provide all that electricity for these new cars. Well, let's talk about it and find out and get some ideas on what just may be in store for us. My guest today is Ben Lieberman. He's a senior fellow in environmental policy for the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Um, Ben, I invited you on the program because I read a blog that you'd written about uh, what the cost is of electric cars? So right now, I mean, General Motors has announced that they're making a big push to um, have thirty um, EV models available by twenty twenty five. Now that's electric vehicles. The HEV I gather stands for hybrid, which is another, pardon me, another hybrid altogether. Another <laughs> issue. Um, Tell me what's going on in the world, and is does it make sense that we suddenly are finding these companies, well, not suddenly, perhaps, it has been a move for some years, that they are producing
0: and pushing electric cars? Well, electric vehicles are something where I think the political correctness has gotten a bit ahead of the reality. They do have some environmental advantages over conventional gasoline-powered cars, but they also have disadvantages as well. And potential buyers should be aware of both, especially considering the, the higher cost involved uh, in buying an EV as opposed to a conventional cost.
1: Okay. So higher cost is only one of the things. There are a lot of issues, and I'd like to talk about them over the course of the program, such as recycling the batteries, uh, lack of ability to travel long distances with an electric vehicle, and so on. And I think we'll just leave out the hybrid vehicles, which are on the market today. Um, And I don't even think they've made a large penetration in the market. But right now, how many, do you have any idea how many electric vehicles we actually have on the road?
0: Well, it sounds like more because we hear these record sales numbers coming from Tesla, the biggest producer of electric vehicles. And it sounds like it's off to the races for electric vehicles. But there's still only a small percentage of America's 17 million new car uh, market per year. There are about 3% of that market. And if we hear the environmentalists who are supporters of electric vehicles, they're saying we're going to need a whole lot more than that to uh, make a difference uh, with regard to reducing uh, greenhouse gases and, and so forth. And so we would need at least a tenfold increase in the number of electric vehicles out there to meet the environmentalist goals. And that raises a lot of questions about what that would do to the cost and what that would do to the environmental impacts as well and what that would do to consumers who have already said with
1: their pocketbooks that they really do not want electric cars. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what GMs move, what impact it has on the corporation. Um, And we'll see that that will be rolled out for us over the next few years. But let's talk about some of the serious issues about trying to move to electric vehicles. First off, as I understand it, these electric vehicles First off, they have to be charged with electricity. So where does the electricity come from? Are we looking at huge wind farms and more solar farms and all of these things, which are often, I hate to say it, a blight on the landscape? Are we looking at some other source of energy for electricity rather than the the, the uh, fossil fuels? What what's where, where are we going down the road on this as you see it?
0: Well, we may be moving faster than, uh, than we, we know. Um, right now, the electric grid in the United States is, is barely up to capacity. We saw last summer in California, there were uh, rolling blackouts with, with, as a result of electricity shortages. So if we're going to need a lot more electricity, and we will if the number of electric cars increases, we really need to ask first where that electricity is going to come from. I saw one estimate that uh, if it is to come from wind energy, it would require enough wind turbines to cover the entire state of South Carolina. So we're talking about a tremendous increase, maybe not even an economically uh, feasible and not an environmentally desirable increase. So we need to ask ourselves where the electricity is coming from. Because yes, using less gasoline will have environmental benefits, but the electricity that will replace that gasoline, that also has environmental impacts. And these are things we really need to think through before we massively scale up EV usage in the United States. Well, I think your your point thinking through. It's it, just sitting here from the consumer
1: standpoint, it seems to me like we're rushing to try to be something. And I don't know exactly what that is that we're trying to be. I think our emission standards are. Um, in terms of what we emit into the environment is so much less than so many of the Asian countries that I wonder how we can really make a significant impact on the environment. But that's a discussion for another time. Let's talk about the practicalities of what is being proposed here now. Okay, so we've got to find new sources of electricity. I don't think South Carolina would be real happy if there were wind farms all over the state. Um, I think that might be a little pushback, I'm kidding you. Um, But other than that, what about atomic energy? Is that a no-no? Is that something that we would not use to produce electricity?
0: Well, one would hope that the uh, global warming activists, the climate activists who tell us that, that climate change is a dire crisis would be a little more flexible when it came to something like nuclear power, which doesn't have uh, emissions or very, very few emissions, but they're not the, the same environmental groups that say we need to take drastic measures to uh, to reduce our, uh, our our emissions. They have not budged when it has come to uh, supporting more nuclear power. So the options are limited. Solar energy, wind energy have a number of disadvantages. They're not twenty four seven sources of power. That that means their, 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 use is, their usefulness is, is, is much more limited. We really ought to put nuclear power on the table, but that's not happening right now. And, and it looks like it's, there's such a push against it that it may not happen. But
1: anyway, looking down the road, that seems to be a clean source of energy for electricity to power these electric cars, which we're going to have to find somewhere. And I don't think most of us want a wind farm or a solar farm in our backyard. Um, and the environmental impact of both of these, the solar particularly, where do you store the, 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 uh, the panels when their life is gone? You know, and as you pointed out, California had a terrible time this past summer with the rolling blackouts. So anyway, let's just um, take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into Up consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. I'm talking today with Ben Lieberman, who's a senior fellow in environmental policy at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. And we're talking about some of the ramifications about what happens if we move to all electric vehicles, which is not happening right now, but there are a number of organizations and companies pushing for all electric vehicles. And there are some serious concerns about the source of electricity that we were just discussing. How do you find enough electrical power? But beyond that, there's also the concern about what do you do with the batteries that come out of these electric cars, because they're using some uh, materials like lithium and cobalt. I mean, to me, those products are kind of dangerous, aren't they? And don't you have to worry about how to get rid of them if the batteries are gone?
0: Well, there are a number of environmental concerns with battery disposal, Electric vehicle batteries only last around eight years, so not quite as long as the, as the vehicle, and then they have to be uh, discarded and new ones uh, uh, put in place. Uh, these batteries contain dangerous chemicals, so they can't be sent to a conventional landfill. Recycling is also problematic. It's not as easy to recycle an electric vehicle battery as it is a conventional lead acid battery in a gasoline-powered car, and doing so uh, is is a process that itself causes pollution. And I should also add, there are also safety issues, since a discarded battery, an electric vehicle battery, can still hold a potentially deadly charge and is also a a fire hazard. And if we're going to be seeing millions of electric vehicles uh, being built and sold every year, then we're going to have to find a way to deal with millions of spent EV batteries that many years later. So uh, this is something that uh, really hasn't been thought through and needs to be thought through. But
1: is there a move to, th- to thinking about it and really discussing it in a rational saying that we don't have to, uh, that we have to seriously consider options for doing this? Do you see any movement towards serious discussions of how we're going to handle
0: these problems? Unfortunately, no. There are many proponents of electric vehicles who see things in very black and white simplistic terms that electric vehicles are all good and gasoline-powered cars are all bad, and they don't want to admit that there are some issues with electric vehicles, issues with the materials that need to be mined in order to make the, uh, the, the, the vehicle in the first, first place, issues, as we've talked about, with the, the, the question of where the electricity is going to come from, and then questions with what to do with all of these discarded electric vehicle Batteries—it's—it's not nearly as black and white as some people like to to make it sound. But we really aren't having a a really rational discussion about what it means if we are to move in a large way to uh, more electric vehicles. So we're rushing to put something into place that we're
1: not really considering the long-term ramifications. Well, one of the things that interests me is so many of these products are are coming from China, the Congo. Um, countries that don't necessarily have very high environment. Well, let's just say they don't they don't have high environmental standards So the mining operation for these products should be of concern to environmentalists Who are going to be pushing us to buy these products from these countries? Because I assume that all the supply of these products have to come from outside the
0: United States. Would that be true? Uh, well, we could be mining more of these materials in the United States but ironically some of the same folks who are very much in favor of electric vehicles are not in favor of more mining, which would be necessary to provide all the materials to make electric vehicle batteries. Cobalt, lithium, rare earths, a lot more copper than we're now using, Uh, a whole long list of of materials are needed to make electric vehicle batteries. And one more thing that I think we're not being realistic about is where all of this is going to come from. And as you mentioned, China has uh, almost cornered the market for some of these materials. Others come from places like Congo, where there are environmental concerns, as well as human rights concerns, child labor concerns. And so there's a lot of things that are um, environmentally problematic about electric vehicles, but they're happening halfway around the world, and they're easy to ignore, but they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be ignored because they
1: contribute to to the entire uh, uh, planet. Our whole environmental system is linked together. It's not like there's a wall somewhere between here and the the east and blocking the pollutants. It just doesn't happen. Um, And I think the other thing that concerns me about it is if you're developing uh, these vehicles, And You don't have a natural source. You don't allow the source to come from your own country Then you're going to be held hostage by another country Maybe China in terms of providing the resources that the consumers are going to need for their cars So do we really want to be in that situation? That's kind of a Rhetorical question. I don't think we do But it's not something that seems to be, as you say being discussed in the serious terms I think um, the other thing that concerns me is this push, and consumers don't want
0: it. Am I right? Well, I'm very much in favor of electric vehicles as an option for those consumers who want it. I think it's it's a good thing. I know that coal fraction has always been in favor of consumer choice. And it's a good thing that we now have that choice between a gasoline-powered vehicle an electric vehicle. We didn't have that choice 30 years ago. If you were buying a new car, you were you, you were only limited to gasoline powered cars. But it should be a choice for those who want it, not for those who don't. That's why I'm I'm particularly uh, troubled by suggestions that we, we, we may need to, to mandate electric vehicles or zero emissions vehicles.
1: Well, my friends who have electric vehicles, and I do have friends who have electric, all electric vehicles but they also generally in the family have a gas-driven vehicle, which which seems to me if you're taking a long trip, that's going to be the more practical of the two because the issue of the amount of driving that you can do on one charge of a battery
0: is is limiting people's distance. Is, that, is my understanding of that correct? Yeah, you can take the the, the the fastest, sportiest electric vehicle and I can beat them to New York City in my Honda Accord because I won't have to stop for, uh, for uh, refueling that could take hours. So uh, uh, th- th- that's very true. It really has to be a second car in, in a family. You need the other car that can uh, carry the kids around or that can go on long trips. And so you know the economics become very difficult for most people because these electric vehicles are pricey. And if you have to spend that much on a second car, you know there's not a whole lot of people who have uh, uh, that kind of money, so I think we do need to be careful about about anything that would force uh, more expensive choices on those who who are struggling as it is.
1: Yes, yes, and certainly a lot of people are struggling right now. Uh, let's just take a brief pause here uh, to let our listeners know that they're tuned into of consuming interest. I'm Shirley Wooker. My guest is Ben Lieberman. He's a senior fellow in environmental policy at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. And we're talking about cars, electric cars specifically, um, and interesting developments going on in the country. Um, One of the things that that I think that's so fascinating to me is that we want to move, and I guess we want to think of ourselves as the good guys and gals in terms of the contributions to the environment and, and to make a difference in the world. But your point, I think, Ben, is very interesting one, is that the planning for the steps beyond just mandating electric vehicles, what kind of planning is going to go into this? Do you see anything on the horizon addressing the issues that we've been discussing?
0: I really don't see nearly enough from the individuals and organizations where it should come from, Uh, whether you're a politician or an activist. If you're talking about a lot more electric vehicles, maybe even mandating them, then you ought to be seriously discussing a. all that needs to, to occur for that to be feasible, the, the electricity that needs to be produced, uh, the materials that need to go into making the cars, what to do with uh, junked uh, uh, electric vehicle batteries when their useful life is over. We need a lot more discussion and we should be having discussion from those who are in favor of, of more electric vehicles, but we're not, at least not so far. And do we see in any other countries,
1: European countries, are they making moves to discuss the issues that you've just raised, uh, rather than
0: just taking a rather blind, let's get electric vehicles uh, philosophy? I think they're beginning to do, as as we are in the United States, waking up to the reality that uh, it's not nearly as easy as as some have suggested, and, and that there are environmental advantages, as well as environmental disadvantages, as well as economic advantages and disadvantages to electric vehicles versus uh, gasoline-powered cars. I think they're waking up to some of the same realities that we're just beginning to uh, wake up to.
1: I guess I I have some curiosity as to why I I cannot totally understand the how many people are against nuclear energy isn't France for example run on nuclear energy? Is't that their primary source
0: of energy? France gets uh, most of its electricity from nuclear power other nations uh, uh japan uh, uh, until they had a nuclear disaster um several years ago they 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 got a lot from from nuclear energy um it's something that just uh is is not uh, uh, uh in the cards right now getting approvals in the united states for new nuclear plants it's just not something that that uh, that that is happening and uh, we'd have to have a real change in our our perspective on on nuclear before it would but uh, as we've mentioned if we're going to have a lot more electric vehicles we're going to need a lot more electricity it's going to have to come from somewhere gonna have to find it yeah yeah and and i um is there any Are
1: there other sources? I mean, we've talked about wind and solar. What are the other,
0: are there other sources that would be acceptable to the environmental movement? Well, I think what should be acceptable to the environmental movement is natural gas, which is much cleaner burning than coal, and it's something that America uh, possesses in in great abundance, but, most of the environmental activist community have said that natural gas isn't green enough either. We're going to oppose that as well. So I think natural gas is um, is something that the United States could rely on a lot more. But there has to be the 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 the, uh, the approvals in in place, and I don't know if that's going to be forthcoming. Well,
1: how much how much natural gas are we using now? Um, I, I thought we'd increase production of natural gas. Is that True? And is it
0: a significant part of our electric production now? Yeah, it is a significant part of our electric production. It has grown in recent years, but uh, we're coming up against some limitations, especially infrastructure limitations, the pipelines to get natural gas from where it's produced to where it's needed. There needs to be a lot more of that. But getting approval for natural gas pipelines has become very, very difficult. And so there are parts of the country, such as New England, that uh, that are, are, are going to be suffering shortages of, uh, of natural gas and won't be able to expand their electric uh, generation with natural gas, even though that would be a very economical option. Well, it seems to me that uh, they should be
1: very concerned about it because it gets rather cold in the in the north. And um, the wintertime couldn't be easy if you don't have adequate electricity to keep your heating going. Um, is that not part of the consideration? I mean, it's just kind of, I, I guess I, I want us to look at options and the the pros and cons and the viability of using it um, and the long-term impact. So the discussion needs to start. Where does it start then? Doing things like we're doing. I know that your organization has done a bit of good bit of writing and information on it. Um, and people can and see that by going to CEI.org. Excellent articles there on some of the concerns about um, moving to all electric vehicles. And your blog was also very useful. That's why I, I thought, well, let me, I'd like to talk about this because I learned a lot from reading it. But uh, where do you see, We th- is this going to have to come through the government? Or is it going to come through um, consumers saying, let's have, reasonable conversations about this
0: well if the government is going to move towards uh tax incentives favoring electric vehicles and possibly even mandates favoring electric vehicles or measures that raise the cost of, of gasoline so make electric vehicles uh a more economical by comparison if the federal government is going to do these things they also should be doing it in tandem with a realistic approach towards ensuring that there's going to be enough electricity to uh, to, to to serve all these vehicles. So I think it, it's got to come from the federal government if the federal government is going to start dictating uh, or, or tilting the playing field uh, towards electric vehicles.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like they may very well do that. Um, and this certainly seems like some of the companies. Car producers are doing that. So uh, it's a very interesting time that we're living in, Ben. Let's hope we find some answers. Thank you so much. I can't believe we're out of time. Um, It's been great talking to you about the discussion and the future of electric vehicles. So uh, my guest today has been Ben Lieberman. He's a senior fellow in environmental policy with the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Their website is cei.org. You can read his blogs and writing and articles and analysis and um, come away with um, maybe some insight into the issues. But at any rate, we thank you so much for your time, Ben. It's been a treat having you on the show. Um, You've been listening to Of Consuming Interest right here on Federal News Network. I'm Shirley Rooker. Uh, my email is Shirley at callforaction.org. So give me a, a, send me an email. Let me know what you're doing and questions that you might have. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us.
0: Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP.